was for a little bit, and then a friend called me, and we ended up having a conversation. It was, it was kind of late, and he just talked to me about a situation in his church, and he said, brother, I, I just need someone to talk to that I can trust and that can just kind of keep it between us, and there's not many people around like that. And, uh, and he told me what happened in his church, and long story short, the church ended up splitting, and the church dissolved into a bigger church, and so the church that he called home no longer existed, all because of a certain sin. And that's what I'm going to be teaching on today, is what that certain sin is. And I title this, The Seven Abominations Dwell Here. Now, I don't mean that they dwell here specifically in this church, but they dwell here on earth for sure. And do you know what? They can dwell here within the church if we are not careful with what we entertain. If we entertain some of the evil in this world and we allow it to bleed into our life, you better, you better be right because it will find its way in here. It will come in here and start causing discourse. It will come in here and start causing all kinds of problems in the church. Be very careful the spirits that you entertain. Seven abominations dwell here. If we go to Proverbs 6 and 16, and these abominations are not to be confused with what the Catholic Church deemed as the seven deadly sins. The Catholic Church says that the, the seven deadly sins, are, which were just categorized by uh, the types of sin that there were, but lust was one, gluttony was the other one, greed, slothfulness, wrath, envy, and pride. That's not what we're talking about. That's actually not the biblical seven abominations. The biblical seven abominations starts in Proverbs 16, or 6 and 16. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift into running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren, the seven abominations, or how pastor likes to say it, abomination. That's an inside joke, kind of, because he says it over here all the time, but it's abominations. These are not to be confused with what the Catholic Church has called the deadly sins. What are sin? What is a sin? What is an abomination? What is the difference between the two? Have you ever had that question? Aren't they just the same? What's an abomination and what's a sin? Well, a sin is just the immoral act that is a transgression between... Or because of a divine law. So it's an immoral act considered to be a transgression because there is divine law that we follow. And that act in itself is a sin. An abomination, translated from the Hebrew word, which is shakut, it means to make and feel detested, disgusted, hateful, ill through a lifestyle. The difference between a sin and an abomination is that sin is a one-time act of lying, fornicating, stealing, whatever it may be, whatever sin that might be there. That, that, is, that is what a sin is. An abomination is a lifestyle of a liar, a fornicator, a thief. It is the lifestyle. For example, if I'm in a store and, you know, I was young and dumb at one point in my life and 
I, want, I really wanted something. I wanted some candy. I wanted some bubblicious, juicy fruit. Who didn't want that stuff? And that, that was just watermelon, of course. And, and that would just, you know, I, I love that stuff. And, and I didn't have money. And I couldn't afford it because I was young and dumb. But I, uh, I went over there, grabbed it, put it in my pocket, and walked out the store. Anybody here have a similar story with anything else? No, everyone's perfect? Okay, I'll put my hand down. All right. <laughs> Bad example, Keith. All right, no. But, but did this make me in the lifestyle of theft? Was I a thief? I was a thief in that moment for taking what wasn't mine, but I had the ability to repent of my sins, to make it right with God, even maybe go back to the gas station and, and be like, hey, I took this. Let me pay for it. I had the opportunity to make it right. It was not my lifestyle. But the abomination comes in where you have professional thieves or kleptomaniacs who steal other people's property without mercy or remorse, with no intentions of making it right. That is an abomination because their lifestyle speaks of their actions. An abomination. All sin causes us to separate, be separate from God, which what? Which causes death. So are abominations worth or worse than actual sin? It's a, it's a great question to ask. We know that in James uh, 1 and 15, it says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin. And in sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin bringeth forth death. An example or, but an abominant lifestyle is a lot harder to change in someone because it's an addiction. It's what they've made their life into. An example, have you ever met a habitual liar? Someone addicted to drugs or alcohol? Have you ever met someone who is addicted to sin? I know you have. <laughs> he's, a, he's a mental health counselor, so he sees all kinds of addictions. Even though they sin, they and they commit the same sin that results in what? In the separation of God. Their lifestyle affects more than just that one sin. Their lifestyle affects the people around them. And if you look at the abominations, the ones that were just named, they all have to do with affecting the people around you. And when, you're, when you start affecting the people around you with your sin and your lifestyle, you become an abomination unto what? Unto the Christian name, unto what God sees and expects of a Christian man or of any man. And he says, your lifestyle makes me sick. It fills me full of hate and anger because you are an abomination unto me. So let's go through these abominations one by one because we need to have a clear understanding of what they are. A proud look. Woo, men. This really targets men, but, it, you know, it's, it's in women as well. Being proud, a proud look. There are so many stories about pride making men fall within the word of God. We see the fall of men of mankind just in the garden through, through Satan. Do you know what one of the names of Satan is or what is usually associated with Satan? A proud spirit. The proud spirit. Lucifer's rebellion. A proud spirit. 
pride made him fall. It is almost like the original sin within heaven, being prideful. One of the more notable examples was Uzziah. Uzziah, when he uh, became king of Judah at the age of 16, his heart was to seek God. He lived in humility. He humbled himself. And he wanted to serve God from a young age. And all of a sudden, notoriety began to come of his name. People began to talk about him. He began to accumulate, what, riches and power and a military. And all of a sudden, he stopped living a humble lifestyle. He stopped seeking after God. Who needs God? I have all the power and the money in the world. Except he forgot where all that power and that money came from. He forgot who put him in a position to lead. So when he was strong and he grew too proud, he grew too proud all the way into his destruction. We have all had moments of pride in our life. I've had moments in pride of my life where God has come and completely humbled me to my knees, to, point, to, to the point of tears, to crying and sobbing because of my pride, me being blind to my flesh and my human pride, my carnality. We've all been there. We know that that abomination has probably been in us at one point in time in our life. Then we have a lying tongue, right? We have a, and if you think that God doesn't punish people uh, in the New Testament. Let's talk about a lying tongue. Ananias and Sapphira. Whew! I would not want to, well, obviously I don't want to be them, <laughs> but I would not want to be there or have the look on their face when they said, yes, we've, we've sold everything, here it all is. And he says, yeah, um, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Why were you, why have you let Satan Fill your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They both died. And it was a plan and a scheme that they had from the beginning. And they both died. That's New Testament. That's not Old Testament. God hates abomination. Hates it. You know, uh, and we all have, I'll tell you a fun story about lying. Because I used to do it all the time. Sean knows. He's been my best friend since I was out of church. I used to lie all the time. Gotten better. But, you know, we, we still fib here and there. Come on, let's just be honest. <laughs> so my brother, when I was younger, he's, he's, a, he's stronger than I am, but I'm smarter than he is. So it's, you know, brains versus brawn. And, and, so, um, and so we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm little and I'm drawing on the wall. And I'm like, whoo, having a field day. And I draw Cody's name on the wall because that's my brother. So who do they think did it? Well, I had to make sure that they knew it was him. So I handed Cody the pen when they got home, and I ran away. So when the parents walked in, Cody came up and said, look what Keith did. And it said Cody on the wall, and he had the pen in his hand. It was a lie. I set him up. It was, a, it was a wicked scheme by me because he did something to me earlier that I did not like, and I wanted revenge. Needless to say, my plan worked. It was uh, Cody got into a lot of trouble, and I lied. And they're like, Keith, did you do this? I was like, look at the wall. Look who has the pen. <laughs> Come on. 
And so, uh, and so Cody took the fall for that. That was a lie. That was like four of the, uh, the abominations on the list. It was like the shedding of innocent blood and like <laughs> devising wicked plans. So the next one is hands that shed innocent blood. We see the ultimate example of this, of Jesus Christ being crucified on Calvary. We see the shedding of innocent blood and how it got there. But another thing that comes to my mind, and it's a very uh, controversial topic, is the unborn. The shedding of innocent blood. When I was in prayer about this and wanting to talk about, or and, and trying to teach something, actually this area, the only thing that I could think of was, was really just the Lord. But then the Lord spoke to me and he said, what about the ones who were supposed to be or, but who are not? Because of decisions, the shedding of innocent blood. What did they ever do? And I'm not here to get into an argument about it or anything, but they are innocent. Our children are innocent. They deserve better. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Four, a heart that devises wicked plans. Whew, who's that beautiful girl on that rooftop? Who is she? Send, send her to my keep. Well, that's Uriah's wife. Are you sure? That's Bathsheba. Bathsheba then becomes pregnant with David's child, and David tries to devise a plan to try and cover it up. Uriah, come, come. You need to go hang out with your wife for a little bit because I know you haven't been with her, and you need to be with her. If you're not with her, then it's all going to come out. So be with her. He's like, no, nah, I can't leave because my troops are out there fighting, and I can't even think about them not being with their wives let alone me being with my wives. And he was honorable. He was a loyal man, a loyal soldier. So David, just trying to get himself out of this situation, hey, uh, give this letter to Joab when you go back. And little did he know, because he was such an honorable man, all he had to do was open the letter and read it, and he would read his demise. Right? No, he didn't. He handed it to Joab. Joab read it and looked at probably looked at Uriah with a weird face and was like, okay. And so in the haughtiest battle, he went out with the army and the army pulled back and Uriah died. Wicked plans, devising wicked plans. Whew. From one of the greatest men that we look up to in the Bible. Abominations. Feet. That swift into running to that are swift into running to evil or mischief, right? What does that even mean? This is what it means. It means when your default response to a situation is evil. When you go, when something happens in your life and your situ and a situation comes against you, and you say, How do we get them back? What do I do to avenge it? When someone cuts you off in the middle of the road. Do you say, oh, thank you, Jesus? Or do you throw up the oneness scripture? Some of you got that. It's the bird. Okay, anyways. <laughs> what do we do? How do we respond to situations? Am I evil or do I pray for my enemies? Do I do wicked things? Or do I block it out and just have God take the wheel of my life. After King Saul's anointing was removed from him, 
he treated with David with all kinds of mischief. With all kinds of wicked and evil. Throwing spears at him. Talking down about him. Talking trash about him through the kingdom. Even though he was God's anointed. He did mischievous plans. He ran to evil whenever anything had to do with David. Nothing like a spear being thrown at you. Number six. We're almost to the end here. A false witness who speaks lies. We have the story of Jezebel. What did Jezebel do? She wanted to procure the vineyard for her, for her soaking of her husband, King Ahab. She, she employed two false witnesses to Naboth, the rightful owner of the vineyard. And he was seated in an honorable place. This was not just some man. This was a man who was looked up to. He was revered. People knew who he was as a godly man. And these two witnesses bared a lie unto the community. And the community believed the lie, bearing false witness. And because of that false witness, he was stoned to death, taken out of the city and stoned. How many of us have had false witnesses bared against us? I've been lied about. I'm sure every single person in here has been lied about. It is one of the hardest things to swallow as a person or an individual when you hear someone say something about you to not retaliate. But I'll tell you this. Like he said that I'm wise. I don't know if that's true, but I've done a lot of stupid things to make me wise. Because that's where it comes from. It comes from our experiences, knowing the ending before it ever happens, is wisdom. And I know that if I would have went and attacked anybody who spoke bad about me, that, that it would have it only damaged my character more. It would only damage my integrity more. So how do you defend yourself? You don't. You allow God and your friends to defend you. You allow your church to defend you. And you keep living a Christian lifestyle. You move on. Don't worry about what liars think about you. Because Jesus has your vengeance. And I would hate to be them. Now we have one who sows discord among the brothers. And you can see how all of these intertwine with each other. They all intertwine with each other. And it says, Paul confronts Peter face to face because of his conduct for sitting with the Jews over the Gentiles. Why was this such an important thing? Because where we were trying to create unity, Peter was trying to create discord between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the one who recognized it and had the spirit to go and confront Peter, who was what? He was kind of considered the father of the movement because he preached Acts 2.38. But that didn't stop a man of God from coming up to him eye to eye, face to face, and say, you're wrong. You are sowing discord between the Gentiles and the Jews, and we are the same. There is nothing different about us. We are all under one God, one faith, one baptism. We are all under that. No one is better. God is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter about your bloodline. It matters about whose blood you're covered with. Discord among the brethren. 
I want you to notice that every single one of these abominations were used against Jesus Christ. The proud Sadducees and Pharisees told lies to the people. Their hearts were devised of wicked plans on how do we trap and deal with Jesus Christ? How do we catch him to, to, so that we can say that he made blasphemy and, and that we could stone him? When their authority was challenged, they responded with evil and mischief and questioned Jesus Christ from the wickedness of their heart. At the hearing of Pontius Pilate where they said, who do you want? You want the murderous thief or you want Jesus? They bared false witness about Jesus. He blasphemed, give us the murderer. And the false witness tried to sow discord among the brethren. If you wanted to see where, what discord looked like after Calvary, when Jesus died, the brothers were, were separated. Jesus had to rile them all up, gather them all up and say, hey, it is true. And I know that you guys need to see me. And then we have Calvary, where innocent blood was shed. All seven abominations were found in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ in the gospel story. They are embedded in our hearts as men and women because we are attached to the carnality that we have. We're attached to these human bodies. What if I told you that all seven of these abominations can be present in one person? Can they be present in one person? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we saw it manifested, that would be one wicked dude or one wicked woman. That's one bad person. But I think you might be surprised to learn what kind of individual harbors all seven, all seven abominations in their heart. I think we'd all be surprised to learn what kind of person that is. In Proverbs 26, 25, When he speaketh kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. We find out in verse 22 who this verse is speaking about. The word of a talebearer. The word of a talebearer. In the modern translation, what is a talebearer? A gossip. A gossip. A gossip. If you have ever, we've all partaken in it. With those fervent lips, with a wicked heart, and like the earthenware covered with the silver dross, he who hates disguises it with his lips. Oh, we've seen some real slick talkers in Christianity. We've seen some real people who have tricked us. We've seen some real misleading people, and we've seen people who have deceived us with their lips. He who hates disguises his lips and lays up deceit within himself when he speaks kindly. Do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. All seven abominations of the heart are within a talebearer. And the modern translation is a gossip. The word gossip is translated out of the Greek word diabolos. Diabolos means what? means what? Devil talker. Devils. The gossip 
means devil. It gets translated into devil multiple times within the New Testament. Rabbis, according to F.F. Bruce and, and Dr. Julius, they say that rabbis taught gossip is the highest form of sin, even higher than murder within the Old Testament. I was actually interested to hear that. Why? One rabbi spoke the reason why that it is higher than anything else is because it is assassination of one's character over and over again. Even though murder is horrible and that someone will die and, and that it's a, it's a horrific sin, that assassination of someone's character while they're dead, hundred years from later is actually worse, destroying someone's integrity while they were alive. Destroying their memory. Even on this earth, every time that we gossip and we attack someone's character and integrity with gossip. It doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter if it's false. Gossip is gossip. If it's malicious and it's intended to destroy your brother's character, it needs not to be said. If you have a problem with the issue, go to the brother. That's half the problem with the church is that we are... We won't go to the source of the person that's being talked about. We won't go find the answers from the well. We'd rather hear it from someone else and get involved in the drama. It's a whole lot easier just to walk up to someone like, hey, this is what I heard. I'm not going to say from who, but this is what I heard. Let me know, and then we'll go talk to this person together. Because there's nothing like when you go talk to somebody with someone else who knows the truth. Be very careful when you gossip. You're doing the work of Satan himself. Satan is using you as a mouthpiece. Talk about the lowest quality of, of Christian uh, you know, thing that you could possibly do is being used by Satan himself. Talk about something that would that, that cripples a that cripples an entire congregation is if something gets out about someone that should not be out about someone, but because it is, it now causes a church split. And now causes brother pitted against brother, sister against sister. This is not the kingdom of God. This is not the place where we do this. What we find here is redemption. What we find here is rehabilitation. What we find here is forgiveness. What we find here is life. What we find here is Jesus Christ. What, what we find here is salvation, not separation. What we find here is unity. We find healing. We find peace. We find joy. And we can't make a mockery of it because we allow Satan to use us in our tongue, in our gossip. Ephesians 4 and 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I can't tell you how painful it is to listen to a Christian gossip about the church to somebody who's not in church. I can't tell you how painful it is to God where he's saying, I'm trying to reach that person, and obviously you weren't the right person to bring life into him. 
Instead, you're brought forth death into them because they'll never come to that church because you're a hypocrite into what you say. Be very careful with your words because your words bring forth life and they bring forth death and they bring forth your own destruction or they bring forth your own salvation. You pick, you choose, and you decide. Oh, the words that we speak it bring forth life or death. You either work for God or you work for Satan. There is no in-between. You work through your tongue and your actions. Though your tongue may be small, it can cast wildfires across the church. The only question is, is what kind of fire you are creating. Are you, are you creating a, a fire of the Holy Ghost or are you creating a fire of doubt and destruction? What are you creating with your lips? What are you creating with your tongue? The universe was created in one singular verse. That's why it's called a universe. God spoke and created life. When we speak, what do we create? One moment we're praising God, the next moment we're talking about a brother or sister in a malicious way. We have to make sure that there are no questions in what we believe in in today's movement. Today's movement is too fragile to take for granted what God has given us. It is too fragile in this, in this world today to give anyone a reason not to believe. Because if you give them that reason, they'll take it and they'll run. If you give them any reason whatsoever, they will not believe. They'll say, all those Christians are hypocrites. That's why it tears my heart apart every time I see the church in the news. Someone embezzled money. Someone touched someone inappropriately. Whew. The kingdom, and, and this represents the kingdom of God. People don't know better. People don't know what an apostolic Pentecostal is. They just see the church. They just see religion. They don't know. And it tears me apart because when I have to go out and talk to someone, the very first thing that I usually hear is, yeah, but, you know, first of all, the very first thing I hear is, why is there so much evil in the world? And the second thing I hear is like, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? It's just, an, it's just a bunch of other people who sin. It's just a bunch of other people who, why would I want to be a part of that? You have nothing different in here than we have out here. Why would I ever want to be a part of it? We have to act. We have to talk the talk. We have to walk the walk. We can't allow abominations in our life. We cannot allow sin into our life to progress us to a place where we can't communicate with the outside world. We can't allow the outside world to shut out the kingdom of God. We can't allow them to see the hypocrisy. We can't allow them to see the, the things that are, that are stopping them from coming in here and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, receiving salvation, being baptized in repentance. We can't allow them to see something like that. But that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We aren't perfect. Our words should bring life and encouragement. They do not destroy, but faith cometh by hearing of the word.
And the only way you can hear something is if you speak it. The only way that anybody will learn anything is if you teach it with your mouth. Sure, you can have pictures and stuff. I enjoy that the most. But the only way anybody will ever hear about Jesus Christ is through your lips and through the actions that you do. And when someone asks you, why do you live that way? Why do you dress that way? Why are you that way? You'll be able to speak to them life. You'll be able to speak to them hope. You'll be able to speak to them faith. You'll be able to be bold because you know within your life, with your character and your integrity, that gets worked out every single day through what? Fear and trembling. Something that needs to be taught more often is how to fear God. How to be afraid of the actions that we make. That's, that's a whole other sermon. I'm passionate about this because when my friend called me, it reminded me of a situation. And that situation was my mom about probably 10 years ago now, but she remembers it even till today. She came over to a party that we were having, and it was like one of those church get-togethers that we used to have at the Kyle's house. We all remember those things. And she actually came to one of those, and I was super excited. Everything was great. Everything was awesome. I was watching her like a hawk, making sure crazy people weren't around her. It was fantastic. Not that any of you are crazy. I was just kidding. But she, um, she, she kind of left in the middle of it, and I was kind of like, hey, where are you going? And she said, I'll talk to you later. And so she left, and so later that day, I was like, hey, did you enjoy it? Or probably a couple days later, I was like, hey, did you enjoy it? She's like, yeah, everyone was sweet, everything was going, but the table I sat at, they were ripping into someone. I mean, and they were, they were ripping into her pretty good. And, uh, and I just don't want to be part of that. That's my mom. It's personal. That's someone who can't hear the truth now. That's someone who says, Keith, the church you go to is hypocritical. I mean, they tore that woman apart with their words. Be very careful with what you say. If we could all just stand. The word of God is a powerful thing. When I don't have something to say, then I just don't say it. When, when I begin to look into the word of God, I begin to see truth. I begin to see healing. I begin to see redemption. I begin to see the qualities of Jesus Christ. When I'm low in joy... When I'm in the midst of my pain, because the people who hurt people are hurt people. The people who are in the midst of gossip or they're in the midst of, of attacking someone or accusing someone, they're hurt people. They've been hurt before. And they're just trying to find a way to coping with it or they're trying to find a way of just trying to off-gas it in some kind of way. And the only way they know how to is through a toxic form. But Jesus is in this place. I used to be one of these people. I used to be toxic. That's how I was taught from a young age to be toxic. 
I didn't know I was toxic at the time. I had no idea. I didn't even know what toxicity was. This is just how I was raised. It's how I was born. But I changed through the word of God, through the men of God in my life who encouraged me. And there are people in here today who had mothers and fathers who, who verbally abused them. There are people here today who have had saints who they called friend, best friend, and even family who have been gossiped about. There are people here today who still have a wall around their heart because of the things that were said and done to them. Pretty sure that's probably every single person in here. And right now, we're just going to ask God to come down here and to begin to work on our hearts. Almighty oh, God, the power of the Holy Ghost, purify my heart, Lord. There have been offenses against me. People have said things about me that have hurt me. They have crippled me. They have given me a bad attitude. They have changed me. They have poisoned me, Lord. And mighty God, forgive me of the things that I may have said about someone or somebody. I don't want any of the abominations within me. I don't want to be a gossip, a devil talker. I want to bring forth life and life more abundantly through my speech and my actions. Oh God, through your spirit, begin to seek out my heart. Oh, go room to room. Look for the walls that might be up that I have forgotten about. The deep, dark, secret parts of my heart, Lord, and begin to clean it out. Begin to tear down some walls, Lord, so that I can love and I can feel again. Help me release my anger, Lord, my, my vengeance spirit. Almighty oh, God. Almighty oh, God, replace that anger with joy. Replace that anger with, with peace. Replace that anger, God, with your spirit. Almighty oh, God, I may have been betrayed by someone that I love, Lord. Don't allow it to poison me. Don't allow it to, to take me down, Lord. Oh, prop me up with your spirit to show grace unto those who, who come against me, to pray for my enemy. Oh, God, right now. Right now, Lord, I need the attitude and the spirit of Christ every single day that I would not seek after the carnal world and the things that this world does, but I would seek after the spiritual things. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, mighty God, oh, mighty God, Lord. Everyone in here has gone through something, something that has hurt them beyond belief, and God is knocking on that door of your heart, 
It might be something that, that you haven't let go or, or you haven't thought about because you've been able to carry it for so long you've become numb to it. And God, right now, I feel the Spirit in this place. We all feel the Spirit in this place. It's not a subject that gets talked about very often. It's not something that gets dealt with very often. But God, right now, He is in this place looking to repair some hearts. Some people are in here who have been, who have been in pain because of this. In physical and emotional pain. They feel sick to their stomachs because of something that happened in their life. And God is in this place to put you back together. He is the great physician. He is the great physician. He is the great counselor. He is the mighty God. He can do all things if you allow him to operate on you. It's all about you. You have to allow it. You have to let it go. Oh, God, we love you, we praise you, we exalt you. You're a mighty God. You're a mighty God. Oh, you're a mighty God. You're a mighty God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. You want to close it? You want to close it out? Praise the Lord. Wow. Jesus. 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 Oh, God, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Come on, let's lift our voice a little more. A little bit louder. Release it. Release it. Hallelujah. Release it. Lord, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your word, Lord Jesus, for your healing, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for addressing the issues in our lives so we may be free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Victory in the name of Jesus! Yes, Lord! We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. There's some messages that when you clap, you're saying, God, get me. You're not saying, God, get them or my neighbor. You're saying, God, get me. Tell me, Lord, who I am. Correct me, Lord. Show me. Because, Lord, your, your rebuke, your chastening is good for me, Lord. Hallelujah. Proverbs 9, 9 says that the wise, we take instruction and we become wiser. We increase in strength. And today that word was for me. Amen. Was that word for you? That word was for me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.